where you and I can connect. It's a show that embraces a 360-degree look at womanhood. It's our voice, our perspective. It's what we care about, and it's how we feel. Empowerment through conversation is what it is. This is Full Circle. Welcome to another edition of Full Circle. I am your host, Miss Wanda. Happy to be in the building with you after a little bit of a rough start this morning. But you know what? We're going to persevere on through because we've got a great show for you today. In fact, our show sponsor, I appreciate her so much for that and her support of the show. But I also appreciate her because I appreciate what she's doing out in the community. She is the final expense queen, Miss Larissa Perret. Thank you so much for being here, Miss Larissa. You are welcome, Miss <laughs> Wanda. <laughs> I'm so happy Always that fun. you're here today. And I was I'm I'm glad to have this conversation. I was just posting, I don't know if you saw the post I posted just a little bit ago but I was saying you know I appreciate the way you have such compassion for your clients and and how you do what you do but but before we go into all that because we've got much to talk about today if you've been listening to the show for any time you know the show has been brought to you for many months now by Larissa Perret the final expense queen she is a very compassionate person, compassionate about what she does. And I know we don't want to talk about final expenses. We don't. We don't want to talk about it at all. But it's so important to talk about it and get those things in order because the less that your family has to deal with during that time, the better, right? The the easier it is for them to be able to go through the other parts of the grieving process and yes. not have to do this. I had coined a phrase last week, Larissa. Um, I have to I have to remember it. I have to remember it. I have to go back and look <laughs> at my post because I I coined this phrase and I was like, I'm gonna use that for the whole. Prepare now so they don't have to scramble later. Oh, that yes. was what it was. <laughs> that sounds good. Because, you know, I always say it is not a sexy topic, right? It's right. not like getting that snatched waist right. and all the beautiful skin, all the things that it's so that much we fun love to talk, to talk about. about. Yeah, right, right. It's not sexy. Yeah. I already know that. Yeah. I, I tell people, no matter how cute you are, mm-hmm. when you knock on somebody's door, it's not a sexy conversation, right. but it's one that's important. Yeah. And we know what happens when we don't have these important conversations. People suffer. Yeah. Whether it's now. Now you're just stressing about it, what's going to happen, mm-hmm. or when you when you die, right? Yeah. Because these are the things that keep people awake. What's going to happen to my family when I'm no longer here? Right, yeah. right. So before we jump dive too far into the conversation, I want you to introduce yourself to the Full Circle family. Let them know who you are. All right. <laughs> well, it's always great to be here with the Full Circle family. I lo- <laughs> First of all, I love me some Miss Wanda. Oh, yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You are welcome. You know, so what I do, I actually, I'm known as the final expense queen because I do sell insurance, but what I really do is I help people come in touch with their mortality mm-hmm. because that really is the truth. You know how you were saying that people don't like to have this conversation because it isn't fun. It isn't like, it's really a party pooper. It's the one you invite to the party mm-hmm. that when you want everybody to co- to go home, you put me on the mic and have me start <laughs> talking about death and burial and cremation <laughs> and stuff, right? <laughs> have That's you met me. Marisa? <laughs> <laughs> like, we need to 
get these people out. They need to go out. They need to leave. I don't care where they go, but they got to go. Put me right. on the mic. I got you. Oh, that's so Except funny. for when I bring life into it, right? Because yeah. there are so many things you learn about life when you talk about death. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think is important for people to really keep in mind is we're going to die. But we've glamorized death in the way that we talk about it so we don't have to talk so we don't have to say the word death like yeah. transition, yeah. passed away. I remember when my niece passed away in 2015, I was telling a friend that she passed away and she didn't even know that she died because of the words I was using. Mm. I was like she transitioned. She was like what, so what, what? <laughs> what? Like, what do you mean? Like, what? What does she mean? What do you right. mean by that? Yeah. I'm all, well, she died, mm-hmm. and because we have been trained societally, right, to not really talk about it, we don't even say the word. No, you're dead. Yeah. We're going to die. Right. There were billions of people on this planet before we even got here. Where did they go? They died, mm-hmm. and so our odds are not good that we're going to live to be a hundred and. 10 or 120 or 200, we're all going to die. So that's yeah. what I do. I help people come to grips with their mortality. And I do that by having them um, getting final expense plans that work for them based on their age, their health and their budget. And then I remind them how important it is to really live. Now yeah. they've gotten that out the way. Now let's go live. Yeah. Go live your life. Yeah. So speaking of life, this wasn't your first career. You kind of transitioned to this. So tell us a little bit about your background in general, and then how you came to be in the work that you do now. Yeah, so I was in human resources for about 17 years. And Wanda, when I tell you I loved human resources, I could not see myself doing anything else. Because it was one of those things that just fell fell in line with my value system, which a huge part of it you mentioned is, is compassion, and then truth, love, and courage. And I felt like I was able to help people really move forward with their life, whether I was training them on how to get a job, doing some employee relations. And I worked in some of the big companies that if I said it, you would know them. And I really enjoy what I did. It's, you know, it pays well. The people you get to work with, usually people are happy to see you on the part of HR yeah, I yeah, worked in. two sides of HR. <laughs> two sides. My side, they were happy and on their best behavior. Uh, <laughs> so that part was fun. But you know what? Before you go any further, and sorry to cut you off, I, I just watched... I think I was texting you the other night telling you that I had watched this video that you did back in June Mm -hmm. about how you got into HR in the first place. Yes. Which, and that was such a cute story. You have to share it. You have to share it. It was so funny. Okay, so I was working, I was working at a college, an art college in San Francisco, which I still love at art college, the Academy of Art, Academy of Art University, an amazing school. And I loved it. I was doing a presentation at a, I don't even remember the presentation, but I met this guy who, after my presentation, he said, you should consider, okay, so now let me just go back a smidge. This was a long time ago (laughs) before the internet was as we know it today. We Uh were just, back in the day, we were just getting, learning how to use the the MapQuest, Uh right? (laughs) That was back then. So this guy, he goes, you, I think you would really enjoy human resources. Some of the things that you said and just your personality, whatever, I think you would really enjoy this. I'm like, what is what is this thing you speak of, right? Yeah. What is this thing you speak of? He said, well, I think you'll enjoy it. Just go check it out. So I went to the library because <laughs> Google wasn't a real thing back then. Yeah. So I went to the library and I spent the whole weekend at the library and I was like, oh, my goodness, this sounds like a lot of fun. 
then yeah. I felt all the different, like under the umbrella of, of human resources, of course, you have employer relations, mm-hmm. you have benefits, you have recruiting. And I fell in love with what could be possible in recruiting. I'm all, mm. this is a way I, I can, can really see you start being to open. a recruiter. Oh my gosh, Miss mm-hmm. Wanda. I loved recruiting. I thought I can really help women get into the workforce and all the things. And then I went back on Monday. I told the guy, I go, I am ready to do this recruiting thing, this HR thing. I read all the information about it, and I'm ready to be an HR director. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that. Go for the top. I'm ready to be the (laughs) HR director. He was like, okay, let's roll back a little bit. We're not going to start you with the HR director. Why don't you become the receptionist? Okay, so I was a receptionist, and then then the administrative assistant, and then he trained me in some recruiting, had me sit with some people, and I really learned, like, this is what I really want, want to do. I appreciated him speaking that into me because I had never heard. I was just going lockstep. You know, you yeah. go to high school, college, and then you just go get a job. And I hadn't really put a whole lot of thought into it. Mm-hmm. But he really helped me to focus in on what really would work for me. And when I saw what is possible in HR when it's done in a way that values the person, then it can be beautiful. But unfortunately, I learned that when my mindset, I wanted it, I wanted it to be an advocate for the employee and the employer, and you can't do that because they're like, listen, yeah. we give you your check, mm-hmm. so you're going to advocate for us. Right. Um, but I did find my ways around it to, to really maneuver the system and really be able to stand in that gap, so to speak, for women in the in the workplace, particularly for black women. And I did a lot of recruiting in IT mm-hmm. and higher education and medical, mm-hmm. and I, I enjoyed it a, a ton. I enjoyed it a ton. I never saw myself not being a part of that until my brother passed away in 2016. And I learned what happens to families when you don't have a plan in in place. You're really handled. You're just handled. It's like you're being herded from this one decision to the next. And when you're grieving, it's really because you're so emotional. It's Mm -hmm. really difficult to make a quality decision when you have those many emotions vying for your attention. And so that's when I made my transition into the the industry that I'm in right now. I want to park uh, at your brother's passing for a moment. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, um, family, I don't know, many of you may have heard by now that Regina King, our, our, one of our favorites in, Favorite. in, in the entertainment industry, lost her son to suicide. Um, he had just turned 26 on Wednesday. Um, and I don't, I reading reports, I couldn't tell when he passed away. I don't know if it was yesterday or Thursday, but... Um, I want to park there because you lost your brother to suicide. I just want to sit right there for a minute when we come back from this really quick break. Family, this is Full Circle. Grab your friends, grab your neighbors, tell them to tune in, and we'll be right back after this. This is Full Circle. Empowerment through conversation, that starts with you. Tell us what topics you want to hear. Drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. Empowering women through conversation. This is what she does. She is Miss Wanda, and this is Full Circle. We're back, family. Wow. Hearing that commercial for the, the party for Marvell, it actually is a great segue to what we're talking about today. Yeah. And I, man. I still look in his office every time I come in. I just miss him so terribly. And I just think about, too, I think about him. I've, he's been on my mind a lot lately. And a lot of the things I've been thinking about is just we're losing people 
And so I just want to make sure to bring you this information, family, with the final expense queen so that you can be prepared. You can get whatever you can make whatever decision that you want to make. But it's my duty and job and my solemn promise to you to bring you the information (laughs) that you need to make an informed decision for yourself. So if you're just joining us, this is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. I my guest is the honorable final expense queen. Larissa Pere. Um, and, and, and she is, we're here talking about preparing for the inevitable with your family. And I wanted to park before the break. I wanted to stop here for a minute because um, Larissa lost her brother to suicide. And, and like I said, if you haven't seen the news yet, um, Regina King lost her son to suicide um, over the last day or so. Her son, Ian, mm. who uh, just turned 26 on Wednesday. And so I just want to sit here for a minute. Um, There's a lot going on in the world. There is a lot going on spiritually. There is a there is there is a war going on. And there are things that people don't know what other people are struggling with. And I know I can say for myself, the pandemic at some points, especially in the beginning, it was really hard for me. Yes. Being, you know, dealing with loneliness and isolation and all those things. And while it was great to work from home and it still is great to work from home, (laughs) sometimes it's like when you're used to being socialized and you don't have that, people struggle with that more than I think that we realize. You know, there was a lot of young kids, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, too, that when they were taken away from school, there were a lot of young people Mm. that couldn't handle that isolation. That they needed that yeah. socialization with their friends, especially the, the younger generations yes. that like they really thrive off of that. And so we never know what people are going through. And I say all that to say we don't know, you know, what y- this young man, Ian Alexander, Regina King's son was going through. You know, someone I was listening to someone um uh, on the radio this morning they were like hey, he just had a birthday what do you mean like mm. we just don't know you don't you lost your brother to suicide yeah. and i'm sure that the family is i mean having a sudden death anyway but having a, a death in this way talk about that experience if you will yeah i sure will and i want to say something too that you said and you may or may not know this but you said it perfectly is when someone does die by suicide, oftentimes we hear the word committed suicide, mm-hmm. and the actual word is to say death by suicide or die by suicide or mm-hmm. take their own life, as opposed to saying committed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, so, so, so I wanted to say thank you for that. Oh, I yeah. appreciate that. I know I, I'm a, a, a regional board member for the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention, mm-hmm. and one of the things that we talk about is what happens in the aftermath. But when we lost, when I lost my brother, you know. I go back to saying, and and when I say this, this is true. Hearing your parents cry Mm. after losing their child suddenly, particularly to suicide, or to anything, but particularly to suicide, is something I never want to experience again in my life. And that pain was so, that part was as hard as hearing my brother die by suicide, right? Mm -hmm. 
But the pain, because it was so abrupt, the, the part that has that is most challenging, my sister and I were having this conversation this morning, actually, was the, is the suffering that takes place before a person makes that decision to end their life. Just like you said, mm-hmm. we have been in a really challenging time for a long time. Yeah. And as much as folks are trying to get back to normal, whatever that means, going back to work in the office or going back to school, there's still so much to process and shift. That was traumatic. Yeah. So that was a traumatic occurrence. We've had to do a lot of things quickly, and it was so abrupt, right? Mm-hmm. We were minding our own business in 2020, in 2020, and then boom, nope, we're locking down. Yeah. This new thing has spread all over the globe. And so there's a lot to adjust to. So there are a lot of people who are struggling mentally because, yeah, we can go back to work. We can go back to the classroom, but have we had a chance to process the things in our head? Yeah. And that's what my family had to do when my brother died by suicide. We had to process those feelings the shame, particularly Mm. in our community for people of color um, and black people specifically. We don't have conversations. We're we're getting better, but we don't necessarily have conversations around mental health. It's be strong, do what you got to do. When I was a kid, da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. But it's not, it it, it didn't work then. It was toxic then and it's toxic now. And so those things need to be heard. Those feelings, we deserve to feel them, to express them. Our family immediately jumped into group therapy as a family. Immediately. My mom, my sister, my dad, and myself, we all went together. And we we I think we did it for about six or eight weeks and then did our own individual, whatever that looks like for all of us. I know for me, I kept going with my counseling because I wanted to really make sure, number one, that I got rid of whatever social stigma Mm. is around losing someone to suicide. And number two, that I really honored myself and allow myself to really feel what I was feeling and then to be able to release it because there is hope. After you lose someone to suicide, there absolutely is. The, the, the truth is my life has gotten better. I oftentimes think about how my brother dying helped me to open the door mm. to things that I really needed to work on for myself and for my family. And so as difficult and as hard as that is or was and how much I miss my brother, oh, my goodness, boy, oh, boy, do I miss my brother. I consider him to be better than me and every both my brother and my sister. Mm-hmm. I have a sister and I consider them to be better than me on every level of life. You name it, they're better than me. So I think about this amazing person was taken from us. He decided to take his life because he couldn't handle living in the world anymore. Mm-hmm. He saw no other way out than the one he chose. Yeah. And so, so many people are sitting with that type of sadness and there is help. There is help. There's a suicide prevention hotline, obviously, but also there are a lot of community resources that are really that are free. One of the things that I suggest to people who are living with the aftermath of having lost someone to suicide is to check out your community hospice. They Mm -hmm. have amazing the most amazing programs available for free for the community, specifically for sudden death and suicide. Wow. Mm -hmm. You mentioned you mentioned shame. I'm sure there's also a level of guilt that yes. goes along with that as well. Yes. Yeah. The level of guilt, like what if I had made that yeah. phone call or what if I would have picked up my phone or mm-hmm. what if I wasn't so focused on what I was doing, I could have been there. And the survivor's remorse. Mm-hmm. So the guilt, so the first piece of that guilt of the what if, the what if, the what if, one day it hit me, it literally woke me out of my sleep that if there was anything that I can do to save my brother, 
my love enough would have done it. So that freed me from mm-hmm. thinking there was nothing I could have done because my love enough, my love for him enough would have made him stay here. And if that wasn't enough, there was nothing I can do. And if you think about that, anyone who's lost a loved one, particularly to suicide, if there is anything you could have done to keep that person here, they would still be here. Yeah. Because when you love someone as much as you can love a sibling, a friend, whomever, a parent, whoever it is, your love enough could be enough to save them. And if that isn't the case, then there's nothing I can do. Yeah. It released me. I was like, okay, I get it. It, it is what it is. And now I have to deal with it. And the survivor's remorse remorse that was the hardest part Wanda was my life at the time was pretty good and it's really it's really good now I worked really hard I'd done a lot of therapy before that to heal a lot of stuff that in my lifetime Mm -hmm. I had a a great relationship with my husband my my sister my children my niece my nephews like things were good some friends good 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 no complaints and when this happened, when my brother passed away, when he died by suicide, it left me thinking, how dare I be so happy? What mm. was I doing to that I didn't even notice what was going on with him? How dare I plan a vacation? How dare I shop for organic food? How dare I take a nap in the middle of the day? How dare I do anything that brings me joy and brings me pleasure? And so I had to really deal with that survivor's remorse. And that's very common. Yeah particularly with the sudden death. It can happen losing anyone to death, but particularly with the sudden death because you think about, oh, I didn't get a chance to hug them or kiss them or text them and all the things that your mind now has to process life mm-hmm. without this person being there. He was the first, he was one of the two people I text first. It was my brother or my sister. Whoever's mm-hmm. number I got to first, that's who I text. The first person I called, the first person who I told I was pregnant, right? He was there with me when I found out I was pregnant. He took me to the doctor, right? My husband was at work and I said, I think I'm da da da. The doctor says, come in, took a test, found out I was pregnant. My brother and I celebrated, mm. right? So, so how dare I have a happy life? Mm. And this wonderful human is no longer here. So there was a lot of unpacking of those types of feelings. So now I can talk about it in a way that honors him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. The other thing that really taught, helped me with the survivor's remorse is I really learned that now I get to live in honor of love for my brother. And every time I sit down with a client, every time I'm on the phone with a client, I think about this I'm doing in honor of my brother. He gave me this gift. It was because of him that I realized how this industry works and that they shuffle. They don't care about your emotions. That's why it's so great for your listeners to have communities like this where they can tune in and hear about resources that are available, available whether it's community resources or something they pay for it through insurance to let people know that you are not alone. You may, R- Regina is feeling right now mm. that she is alone, that no one can explain, that no one can help her. It feels so real, but it is so true. And I'm going to say in this moment to anyone who's listening, to everyone that's listening, if you're ever feeling that you're alone, send that thought to the nothingness in which it came because you are not alone. There are so many people, so many resources available to you right now that can help you and support you. That's why I love this woman so much. She is just so, every phone conversation with you, every conversation with you, it's always so positive. Go on and get you a swallow Thank you, girl. Of <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's so true, and, and I'm so glad that we're on this 
path and talking about this right now because it's true. It fit, while we may feel alone, there is someone out there that can help us, that can walk with us through this, that may have experienced some of the similar things. Is that where, so you are working in HR. Yes. Minding your business. Mind raising business. your family. Yes. Your son, your son, your husband. I'm, I didn't call everybody, <laughs> everybody except your brother. <laughs> your brother dies by suicide, and that shifted your trajectory out of this career that you loved and loved. didn't think you'd ever leave. Never. To do what you're doing now. Yes. What it made me think about, so there were a few different things. There were two kind of points that moved me in this direction. One was it made me really look at my mortality, that I was not going to live forever. Wanda. So maybe about, I'm going to say three weeks, maybe three, maybe a month before my brother died, we were having a conversation right in front of my parents' house about perhaps a business we wanted to start together. And mm -hmm. my brother was really smart. He owned a restaurant in Oakland when he was 23 or 24 and it was really successful. He's just always been someone that was just really smart and did things, right? We were having conversations around this. And when I started to think about some of the conversations I had with my brother before he died, it made me think, why, why did we wait? We had no reason to wait. We could have been doing the things we wanted to do right. We had no reason to wait, Wanda. Mm -hmm. We were healthy. We had our wits about us. We had people in our life who loved us. And there's nothing available to us but opportunity. Why did we wait? We were putting things off. We were saying, okay, let's start this. Let's have a conversation about this. We never did it. So that was one thing that made me really look at my life, like, what do I want to do? And the thing about, you know, and I think this is important for your listeners, for all of us, it's easy to make a decision to change when something isn't working. But when things are working, when everything is really good, we can fake ourselves out and mm -hmm. think that this is the life I want. Well, losing my brother suddenly to suicide really made me get in touch with my mortality. As much as I loved HR, it was good for me. I had built my career in HR, built some great relationships. I had to get honest. Is this what I want to do with the rest of my life? How much do I really love the commute? How much do I really love sitting in the office for however many hours a day? What else could I be doing in my life to add value to people? How much more living can I do just based on who I am, not even from what I do? So that was one thing. And then the second thing was how we were handled by the mm -hmm. industry. And I say the industry is what it is. I have friends now in the industry who are morticians and funeral home directors and all the things. So it is what it is. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shame the in yeah. industry for handling things the way they handle things. They they what they do is actually really important. They have to be available twenty four seven for when they get that phone call to come pick up your loved one and all the things. Mm -hmm. But the the issue that I have with it is that we all are feeling so much grief and it's so difficult to make a quality decision when you have so much grief. Yeah. Grief, You get overcharged, overpriced. They tell you you have to do things that you really don't have to do. All the things are moving so fast and we know we have to put this by the rest, whether it's in the grave or cremation. So we have to move fast, we have to think fast. And, and honestly, when it comes to grief, one of the things I've learned, because through, through working through this foundation, I did get certified as a grief counselor or not, as a grief coach. One of the things that I learned is 
within the first 72 hours of losing someone, you should make no decisions. Mm. However, the way the system is set up, you have to make day one. You have to go in and make decisions, but you can't really think. So what I learned was I don't want to have families have to go through what my family went through. And so how can I be of service to the industry in the way in which we're all winning, where my the families I'm talking to is winning, I'm winning, we're all winning. And we can all alleviate the suffering that we would have to go through. You're going to cry. You're going to grieve. You're going to be angry. You're going to be in denial, all the things. But what if we can just take care of this one piece, this one piece, and get your, get you covered so we're not out here doing car washes and GoFundMes? Get you covered and get a plan so that your family knows exactly what to do. You, I was talking to someone the other day, and she was saying how, she has a huge plan for her family, which is good. I always say, whatever insurance you have, keep it. Don't mm-hmm. ever get rid yeah. of it. If yeah. I come knocking on your door and tell you to get rid of what you got, clo- lock me out your house and don't <laughs> ever talk to me again. Or for anyone else, because I never replace people's policies. Yeah. But what I do is I get them a, a plan in place for their cremation or burial, whatever they want, so that they can keep that money. This person had a $250,000 policy. I was explaining to her that, yes, you have that policy and you want that to be for your family when you pass away. But the way the industry works, because you don't have a plan, a burial plan in place, what's going to happen, the end of that place, wherever you go, can take up to 20% of your face value for their payment, mm-hmm. plus whatever the cost of the funeral or the cremation. The industry is what it is. That's how it works. So here I come to educate people. Let's get you a small plan just to cover your final expenses. So by the time your bigger policy comes in, which More of ins- can go towards it can go family. to your family because that take, it can take up to six months. But average here is about forty five days. But mm-hmm. we know people can't just be sitting around dead for forty five right. days. You right. got to do something. Right, right. And so the funeral home will just have you assign that fee, assign that policy to them, and that's the mm. assignment fee. That's the ten to twenty percent that they take for their payment plus whatever the cost of your funeral. So say if you want an earth burial, which we know is about, we know what the average cost is here. It would be whatever that cost is, plus whatever that 20% is of your policy. So you could be paying upward a lot of money mm-hmm. for that for that one funeral, that which you could have probably paid 50% less. That's where this comes in. And when I learned that, when I learned how families are treated, how they're handled, in one of the darkest days of their life, mm-hmm. I'm on no. I, I want to do my part. I want to do my part. So this made sense for me. I used to be a broker and I did all the fancy insurances. And I'm on no. These are my people right here because mm-hmm. these are the people that are suffering. Mm-hmm. These are the people that are doing the right thing for their family, but then they don't know where to take it. Right. Yeah. And so now I get to show people how to really be smart how to have a plan in place to even, you know, you go to any funeral home or a they'll tell you, get a plan. If you get a plan, that's going to save your family money. That That's going to save your family money and stress. And, you know, I, I hate to say this, but, you know, a lot of the times it's it's black and brown communities that are not educated in this. Because even just, you just opened my eyes to this. And I think you probably you, I'm sure you told me when we had our consultation. But the fact that you you think you're doing good by having life insurance, like, oh, I've got this policy and yes. blah, blah, blah. When when you pass away, then the funeral home's like here, just Sign on the dotted line. Absolutely. We'll take our portion and you get what's left. When in your mind you think, oh, yeah, I'm, I've got, you know, a million dollars to set up my family. Yes. And that's not really the case. 
Not the case at all. And even, you know, the conversation, you're so correct about black and brown. That was what made me focus on final expense because I did see that. when Even when I would go to people's homes, I wasn't able to cover people who looked like me mm. because they had all the health challenges. And that was so frustrating. That was so frustrating to me, Wanda. I'm all, this is why I got into this business to be a help to people who didn't have it rarely available in their face. Yeah. And so when I started to focus on what I really wanted to do, on my value system, focusing on compassion and truth, love and courage. That's when I thought, you know what? I'm just going to focus on this one piece right here, which is final expense. And, you know, you brought up another point about how people who look like us are the folks who are out there suffering. 100% true. Where I live, you can drive down the streets anytime and you can see car washes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not laughing because of the pain and the suffering. I chuckle because of how ironic it is that we really help to build a community and then we get to the end of our life and we haven't done the work of protecting what we built. Mm -hmm. And then the next generation has to start Start over. over. They have to start over. And we have to get to a point where we're done starting over and then we're we're transferring. Mm -hmm. What do you do with the big policy? What do you do when your so-and-so dies and they leave you a 100, a 200, a million, a 500, whatever policy. Do you go spend it? What's the plan in place? Because if they go and spend it, we've heard those stories. They yeah. go and spend that policy. They have nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. My uncle passed away. He's a, My uncle is the original. Like He is the OG OG. Okay? Mm-hmm. He passed away. He lived in San Francisco. He planned so well for his family. When he died, he loved a, like a gajillion dollars to to my cousins mm-hmm. and had a plan with for them what to do. Do you know, Wanda, his plan? He said build two three-story ho- homes in San Francisco on land he purchased years ago. Mm. So now my cousins and their their family have this beautiful home three st- in San Francisco. Do you do you understand what I'm saying? I understand okay. exactly you know what, what you're I'm saying. saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And so that's how important it is to have every single piece of it planned. So now their family's not having to start over. They, they're just that's transferring what, that's it to the what next we're generation supposed to do. Exactly, build that generational wealth. Build it. Build it. Make those smart decisions, you know, own land for the people that desire to do that. But leave something. Yes. Don't leave debt. Leave something that your family can. Man, your family, that, your uncle. I know. Because I think about my son's great-grandmother had this house in San Francisco. We used to live in in San Francisco. Um, And every time I go to the city, I have to drive by Grantee's house. And the people that bought it, because of course, no one kept the house, ended up selling it. But it's on a prime piece of real estate. They did an amazing job fixing the whole thing up. But I know that thing's got to be worth, I mean, first of all, it's San Francisco. So you know, a million is is bottom, right? That's the bottom. (laughs) Bottom is million. And I'm just, every time I drive past, I just, my heart hurts because it's like Grantee and her husband saved up for that house they bought that house they raised their family there and now it's in another family's legacy correct that is just it just hurts my heart to to when i drive past and see that absolutely oh my gosh yes and i think about that for my cousin and i always say hey 
the next party I'm having is going to be at your house right? because it's a beautiful legacy and now their whole felt it's theirs it's theirs yeah. forever mm-hmm. that's powerful because that we are going to leave a legacy and the choices we make right now determine the type of legacy we're going to leave absolutely are we gonna, right are we going to leave one with great memories and getting our family on a great footing or one with a whole lot of pain and suffering come on now black people yeah. life provides just pain and suffering as it is mm-hmm. let's not add to it yeah. by not taking care of what requires our attention while we're still living that's what i'm trying to do that's what, and i want y'all to come with me i am trying to do that to build this legacy for my son and his family yes. you know i want to leave them some property which i have my first look i have my first i'm saying it like that i have yes. my first i plan on having multiple but you know i just want to leave stuff for him so that he doesn't have to start over and and you know and he understands the value of what that means for generations to come i want my great 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 grandchildren to be like yeah my great 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 grandmother owned that and she owned that and she left us this and she taught that because it came down through the generations it came down through the generations and it's possible and insurance really is one of those one of those tools that we can really use to transfer wealth even you know i tell people even if you don't have a budget that has like hundreds of you know disposable income hundreds of dollars of disposable income every month that's okay Get something that you can afford. And I want to say that. Yes, I'm glad you said that, because uh, when we talk about leaving legacy, it doesn't have to be millions. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be, you know, it could just be a nice little nest egg. Yes. You know, it doesn't have to be breaking the bank and, uh, you know, winning the lottery and all. It doesn't have to be all that. It's just making some sound decisions now that will affect your family. Even if, like I said, even if it's just a small nest egg, that's fine. It's better than having to pay your debts. Absolutely. And I meet with clients often who will say to me, you know, I didn't get insurance when I was in my 20s and my 30s or whatever. Most Mm -hmm. people don't because we're not. I mean, we're trying to have hot girl summers out here in our (laughs) 20s and 30s. And let me tell you, look, I'm fit to be 50 and I'm still trying to have a hot girl summer. Okay, so I know these are not things that we're thinking about all the time, but there's still conversations we need to have. And so when I tell people, don't shame yourself for having human experiences and you didn't. Now, you know. Now you know. Let's see what you can do now. Yeah. Let's see what's available to you now. And you're right, Wanda. It doesn't have to be hundreds and thousands of millions, but what if it's just enough to cover their services? Yeah. So now they don't have to take out a loan or mm-hmm. they don't have to do car washes or go GoFundMe's and all the things. What yeah. if it's just enough for that? Yeah. If you have nothing now, wouldn't that just be enough? Wouldn't that just be enough? Absolutely. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, more with Larissa Perret. Uh, This episode of Full Circle is brought to you by her. (laughs) She is the final (laughs) expense queen. We're going to have more conversation when we come back. And we're going to take your phone calls, family. Keep it right here. This is Full Circle. We'll be right back after this. Like and share our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5. It's not just talk when you put it into action. Empowering women through conversation with Miss Wanda. We're back, family. Thank you so much for staying with the program. This is Full Circle. My guest today is the final expense queen, Larissa Perret. She is also the show's sponsor. So how cool is that to have the sponsor of the show on today talking about a very important topic we have been talking about, final expenses and 
preparing for your final expenses, leaving your family in a position where they are not struggling to pay those final expense bills. And so Larissa, and, and you can tell if you've been listening to the interview the entire time, you can tell how compassionate she is about this work that she's doing and how she treats her clients with dignity and respect. Man, when I um, sat down and met with Larissa, you know, again, this isn't something that you want to think. You don't want to think about your funeral or what you have, you know, all of that. But it's something that we need to at least think about. And then once you have the plan and communicate it with your family, yes. then you can rest assured. And like Larissa said, then we can get on to living because that's one less thing that you have to 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 think about or worry about or your loved ones have to worry about. I was telling Larissa on the break, I'm going to visit my son. Um, week after next and I am going to sit down with him you know we ha I have my my policy uh, with Larissa and I'm gonna sit down with him and just kind of go over everything and nice. it's it still even now like it's uncomfortable like I know I need to have it with him I feel bad that he's the only child but it is what it is um, but you know still having to kick off that conversation like son let me look uh, <laughs> walking from the airport terminal to his car like let me tell you about my plans like what <laughs> like I, I, you know just think about when is the right time to have that conversation so Larissa there is a lot of things that Larissa's learned in the in the industry of final expense and the is insurance and about the funeral industry that she wants to share with you so we're going to talk about at least the 10 things we're also going to talk about where you can find her how you can connect with her and if we have time we'll take some phone calls a little bit later but i want to start with um your number 10 is having the hard or uncomfortable conversation yes yes yeah so what you're doing right now with your son is mm -hmm. perfect mm -hmm. having those very uncomfortable conversations and your son is not going to like it at all yeah but he will appreciate it one day i was like i was telling miss wanna give him my phone number <laughs> so he can lock my number so he can always have it at his fingertips but yeah having those uncomfortable conversations around everything sometimes i do sit with families and they'll say my mother passed my mother passed away but i'm getting used to using the word death see it's hard for me yeah, too yeah my mother died and we didn't even know she was sick mm. right so even just letting your family know are there some health concerns that they should be some health issues that they can be concerned about for you that's an uncomfortable conversation are there medications that you're taking other things that they need to know so that if you were say in the hospital and you couldn't reach out you couldn't talk to him what does your child, your daughter, your spouse, your best friend, what do they need to know so that they can help you, so that they can advocate for you when you're not able to? Yeah. Even so much as thinking about relationships around forgiveness, is there someone that you need to talk to? Is there something that you need to be forgiven of? Even if you can't reach that person physically, but even just being like you mentioned earlier, a spiritual component, is there just a way you can release that? Because those things are uncomfortable and they and they add weight to our life. But it's important to have those conversations. Let your son know, do you want to be cremated? Do you want to have an earth burial? But there are also other ways that you can, you know, you can do a water burial. There are mm -hmm. all kinds of things. Does your son know that? Does your spouse know that? Does your sister know that? Do the people in your life who are going to have to make those choices on your behalf mm -hmm. Do they know that? Particularly, I found this very interesting, the uncomfortable conversations around trans bodies. Mm. 
You know, people work really hard to live their life and to live their life in the way that's authentic to them. And sometimes when they die, when trans people die, unfortunately, they're misgendered. And so it's important to have a conversation around that. Letting the people know in your life, when I die, I worked really hard for, to be who I am, to love myself the way that I was born to love myself. And I want that to continue through my death. Mm. So having those things written down, if you're someone who is tall, if you're someone who's overweight like I am, mm. there's a premium that your family would have to pay. Have conversations around that with your child so that, or with your spouse, whoever the person is, so that they're not going to be left trying to figure out what to do and that they're going to be bamboozled, mm -hmm. right? Because a premium is usually a few hundred dollars, but sometimes they'll try, try to charge you more. Have a conversation around it so that they can be aware. And call your agent. I always tell my clients, if you have questions about anything, call. I'm not a hit it and quit it kind of girl. I am not. Yeah. never been. I ain't going to start now. Yeah. So I tell my clients, if you have a, a question, call me. This is not transactional. Let me know. I can walk you through it. I can even coach you on how to have those conversations because they are hard. Yeah. I had to sit down. My husband and I sat down with, my, with, my, with our two daughters and they're 18 and 16 at the time. They were 16 and and for whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But we've had to have those conversations like this is where this is this is where you find this document. This is who you call and this is what happens. They're going to come pick our body up. We want to explain it, explain this cuz it's going to be hard for them. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be hard. So let's take that off the table. Yeah. I I love that having the uncomfortable conversations. I might again when I get to uh the my son's place, I might have to text you for a few uh for some upliftment because <laughs> it's hard it's, it it's really hard and again like i said and and he's unfortunately he's been through it with his dad mm. um you know so it's even more hard to think about your only parent left yes being yes. gone and we're a lot closer than he was with his dad so and yeah. boys or men with their moms the hardest that yeah. has been my experience i mean definitely girls too with their moms and yeah. their dads but but i've noticed specifically boys with their moms mm -hmm. men with their moms it's yeah. just a really tough bond because it's their first love mm -hmm. it's their first love yeah yeah so that was it having learned to have the uncomfortable conversation have the hard conversation it will be worth it in the end yes your number nine honor your body with care yes Oh my gosh, Miss Wanda, this is for me personally. This has been a lifelong struggle. Oh my God! You and me both, John. You and me both. <laughs> okay, now I got that out of my system. <laughs> but honoring your body with care, you know, whatever that means—movement, your medication, going to your doctor's appointments. I recently had someone call me and tell me that she found out she had a particular type of cancer, but she just hadn't been going to the doctor for years because she just didn't trust them. Mm. For whatever reason, she didn't trust them. And now she said, if the doctor told me that if that they had found it sooner, they could have made a difference. Mm. And that's sometimes what we do because, again, it's an uncomfor uncomfortable conversation even going to the doctor, even having that conversation well, going to the doctor. Not to mention the distrust that there <laughs> Absolutely. is between our community and the medical community. Absolutely, yeah. especially for black women, mm -hmm. for sure. I mean, without a doubt, I mean, a lot of black women speak of that. But honoring your body with care, whether that's getting your, your rest, movement, you know, it doesn't even have to be running around, doing the marathon. You can yeah. just take a walk mm -hmm. you can just do some stretches. Because when I meet with clients sometimes or I hear conversations from people, that's one of 
the things that they tell me they regret the most is not taking care of their body. Mm. And I try my best to heed that information while I'm eating my chocolate cake. <laughs> but I do see the wisdom in it. And it makes me be a little bit more attentive, drinking more water, making sure I'm not stressing myself out. No, this is a big one for black women. What I find... Miss Wanda, when I tell you what I'm about to tell you, like just you, no, you or no one listening to to me mm-hmm. right now will be surprised by this. Oftentimes, when I'm trying to schedule something with people, particularly Black women, they push the appointment off, mm-hmm. off and off for weeks and weeks and weeks, sometimes months. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're doing things for everybody else. They're doing it for their daughter, for their son, their mm-hmm. mom, the people in their sorority, their church, everybody except for them. Knowing that when they die, those people, as much as they're going to want to be there, as much as they're going to want to be there to support your family, they're not going to be able to provide your family with what you could have done while you were living. You know what? I'm so glad you said that kind of detouring for a minute. I was, you know, there was a celebrity that passed, you know, well, I say celebrity. Um, He was a comedian and his wife actually got on social media and said, um, she was mad at the comic community yes. because nobody pitched in to pay for his service. And I was like, that wasn't their responsibility. Was so just not. hearing you say that, like your fa- as much as your friends and family will support, that expectation shouldn't be put on them Correct. to cover your final expense. It is not their responsibility. Yeah. You are absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. It is my responsibility. If I can go give me a coffee and some cute lipstick, then uh-huh. I can get some final expense insurance for my family. Yeah. Really, yeah. it's no one's responsibility but ours. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that was, but honoring your body with care is where we're yes. I getting the rest. No, but, but it's, in, it's in alignment, right? Because yeah. you, you're going to sleep, you got, you're doing all these other things, but you're not stopping to take care of what's important right in front of you. We're not going to live forever. Yeah. How many people you know that's 200 years old yeah right I, I wish <laughs> I, I wish um, but and, and two that honor your body with care is whatever that means for you yeah so like like Larissa said you don't have to be the marathoner if you don't want to but whatever that means for you whatever that care for you eating you know however you want to eat but just being you know maybe you can eat all of the things but maybe not eating six helpings just eat, you know what i mean yes. just whatever that caring and honoring your body means for you Correct. that's all we're not giving you a prescription for it we're not saying you got to be vegan or not just whatever that looks like for you whatever that looks like yeah. for you absolutely because i'm gonna eat the chocolate cake me too <laughs> Me too. And I might not leave nobody else now. Right. Okay. (laughs) So your number eight on your top 10 list is embrace your age with pride and joy. And a lot of people have a hard time with this. Yes. A lot of people. I'm about to be 50 in April Mm -hmm. and I am so excited. (laughs) Aging has been modeled very well for me with my mother, my my aunties. They've I've never heard them complain about aging or or even their body. They've always just loved life. Mm -hmm. But it's important to be able to embrace your age because the alternative is death. Right. right. You get to be 50 or you get to be dead. Mm-hmm. Right. I think about how many people can you think of right now? I'm sure everyone listening can think of at least three people that they wish were still here, mm-hmm. that they die in their 20s or 30s or 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. We wish they were still here. So now while we have this gift, 
don't be ashamed. I, where did that come from anyway? I know it's particularly for women. Where did it come from? Like never ask a woman her age. Like why? I can ask anybody anything I want to ask mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And so can you. But while you're at it, enjoy living. Embrace your age. The fact that you get to be here. Now, there are some things that we definitely have to make sure in, in, al- in alignment with honoring our body. There are some things that, d- that do change with age. Enjoy that whole journey, you know. For women's particularly, maybe it's, you know, we're going through cycles of maybe we had children or we didn't have children. And now maybe we're going through menopause and now we're learning to deal with hair loss and we're learning to deal with our skin being different. All those things, embrace it and go with it. Don't stay trapped in time. Forgive yourself for maybe not honoring your body, forgiving yourself for not thinking you, quote unquote, should be where you should be Mm -hmm. at this stage in your life. That's all a social construct anyway. Forgive yourself for all of it and embrace the age in the body that you have right now. And the cool thing about it is that even if you didn't care for your body in all those other years, you, you have today. Like you have today to start making a difference. Absolutely. You know, as long as you're given the gift of today, you have so much that you can change, improve, do whatever, because you have the gift of today. Correct. And looking for people who we can model, say, you know, I say for myself, I did have great models. I do have great models in my life. But if you're someone who don't who does not have that, look for them. Mm -hmm. Google them. You know, I sometimes I met a group, an amazing group of women on Clubhouse who are doing some great things in the anti-aging or the was it pro, pro-aging movement mm-hmm. doing some marvelous things with that movement and so find people like that if you require a model embrace where you are in your life it isn't too late like you said we have today regardless you're listening and you're in your 20s 30s 40s 50 I pivoted my career mm-hmm. at 47 I pivoted at 47. I didn't even have no plan. People were like, are you sure you're going to leave your job? Do you have six months saved up? I'm going to have nothing saved up. Mm -hmm. But I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. with my life. I made a pivot. All of those things are arbitrary, right? They're just something someone pulled out the air. Who cares? Live your life. Embrace it now. Whatever age you are, celebrate it today and especially black women because we can be we are some bad mofos okay we can be 82 and look like we're 20 i mean like we're just so beautiful in all of our shapes and hues and and just (sighs) different uh we're just a beautiful beautiful beautifully well-preserved people this is just put it like that. Indeed. Yeah. I love me some black women too. It's like the best <laughs> thing walking. <laughs> All right. So number seven on your list is discover the joys of learning new things. I love this one. I love this one a lot. Yeah. I, you know, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of clients that work for the state of California. I mean, we're in Sacramento. So yep. of course it'd be a lot of people who work for the state of, of California. Mm-hmm. And I'm so inspired by so many of these women, what they do. One, one of my clients, clients she retired and now she's taking up some fashion courses oh, nice. and she says she's always wanted to do it and that just excites me I have clients who are taking film courses and you know doing we have a mutual friend who's a yoga instructor mm-hmm. who's amazing oh, she's mm-hmm. amazing <laughs> Kirsten is amazing she retired and is out there living yes. just the quality of, of Kirsten's life is just I mean she is doing the damn thing okay like for real she's not playing in fact my daughters and I went to one of her workshops that she did I think it was uh, November Mm -hmm. maybe November or early December I'm not sure 
and it was a chair yoga class. Mm, yeah, it was the best. My daughter, who my daughters practice yoga every day, and they put their bodies in all these different <laughs> shapes, whatever. And they said, "Mom, that was the best class I've ever taken in my life mm-hmm. on a chair." Mm-hmm. Right. So explore different things. Use your body. Use your brain. You have so much to offer. Learn some new skills. You know, we still have a library. I still am a library yeah. girl. I know we have Google, but listen, <laughs> I always say the library changed my life with HR. So I'm still I'm loyal. <laughs> I, I go to the library. Okay. So yeah. So so go to the library. Go learn some new things. Take a course. There are a lot of colleges too. I know there's one in Stockton that offers free courses for people over a certain age. I'm not sure if it's 55 or 60, so don't mm-hmm. quote me on that. Mm-hmm. But they do have courses, a lot of community resources available. But learn something new. Learn some new craft. We are not done. We're still here. And I really do suggest that to, to anyone, regardless of where we are in our lifespan, is to learn something new. Don't be afraid of being really bad. I'm not afraid of, first of all, I don't get embarrassed very easily. I don't get offended very easily. Mm -hmm. I don't have enough sense to be embarrassed. How about that? (laughs) I don't know how I should be doing stuff. So I just do it. So I know when I first started in this industry, I was sloppy. I made so many mistakes. I would have to call my client and say, you know what? I had you sign the wrong place. You were supposed to sign here. Can I meet you? Mm -hmm. But I wasn't afraid to look bad or to be bad because I knew that I would learn it. And I was going to learn to be really, really, really good by being really, really, really bad. Mm -hmm. And it's okay being bad at something so that you can get good. I'm pretty sure, you know, if I were to come to your job today, you can show me how to do it really well because you perfected it. But when you first started, maybe you didn't know how to do it. But yeah. over time, because you took it seriously, you learned what was required to be good at your job. You, you're able to do it with, with just some incredible precision. And the same things happen when we're learning something new. It's an opportunity to really be compassionate and have some empathy for ourselves and learn something new while we're in the process. I love that. Yeah, it's I love that one a lot is. There are so many resources now. That's the great thing about technology and what's happening today is there yeah. are so many resources. And the library is at your fingertips because I bar- always borrow books from Sacramento Library <laughs> on my phone. Just, <laughs> Me finished, too. just yeah. finished a really good book. So, yeah, there, you know, we have so many things at our disposal now. You have courses that you can take. A lot of the universities offer certificates now for yeah. free. There's Coursera. Uh, there's all kinds of things. So all I love that things. learning something and, new. And you know what? I actually met Kirsten at a library. Oh, <laughs> we met at a library. That's when we first met. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Number six. Ooh, this is a good one. Okay, so family, if you're just joining us, we're talking about 10 things that Larissa has learned in her time. Um, what did I love the, that's I know. the name of your ebook, I've been, right? Yeah, the, the, um, the things, the important things I learned about life while working in the death industry. Yeah. 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 Number six. I love this one. This is a good one. Family, hold on to your hats. <laughs> Get comfortable burning bridges. Yes. What does that mean? Get really comfortable burning bridges. This is what I know for sure. I tell people, I don't know if life is long. I don't know if it's too short. I don't know if we come back a trillion billion times, but what I do know is that it's the only life we have now. We've all heard that phrase, um, do, I'm no longer going to do the things that are not good for me. How does that phrase go? Not doing the things that are not good for you. Uh, that no, some, Stop doing the things that no longer serve you. Okay, I like okay? that. 
people and things, being specific about that and burning the bridges. We've been raised for the most part to not burn bridges, but sometimes people do not deserve access to our energy, to our attention, Mm -hmm. to our love, our money. They don't even deserve access to our second thought about them. The first thought was enough. The second thought, we we burn it. And we burn in bridges because people don't deserve back and forth access to you. Mm -hmm. If they're not adding value to your life or if they're doing things to create drama in your life, whether that's relationships, whether that's a job that you've had that you know is not healthy for you for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. whether it's the way you're living your life with the habits that we have, burn those bridges. It is okay to never go back. It is okay to wish someone well and not have them in your life. Mm-hmm. I just did that. I'm really this, I'm really good at this. Mm-hmm. My, my friends say, you are really good at that. I'm all, yeah, been good at it. Mm-hmm. Because I've, I'm, I'm a kind person, and I've always been kind to people. And for a long time, I allow my kindness, I allow people to take advantage of me. And I realized that that is not cute in anybody's eyes. All it made me become was a doormat for people. And I'm not a doormat. I'm cute. Look at me. I'm not no doormat, right? <laughs> so I learned from talking to people who, who were a lot, oftentimes who are older than me that, you know, don't be in relationships that don't work. I had someone tell me that she stayed in the marriage that she knew she should not have been in, that she should not have been in. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why she was no longer in that marriage is because he died. Mm. But that she should have left him years ago, mm. 10 or 15 years into the marriage. She should have left him and not looked back because of how he treated her. And if we take some time to think about relationships we currently have in our lives, certain situations that we currently have in our lives that are not healthy for us, What's wrong with burning something that isn't good for you? Mm. At least make them pay toll. At least make them pay toll. At least make them do their work to deserve access in your life again. I love that. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's a good one. We're going to go to break (laughs) on that one. That's really good. I love that. And not everyone deserves access to you. That's so true. And we sometimes guilt ourselves into staying in relationships because they're family members or because we've known them. You know, oh, I've been knowing them since kindergarten. Well, people change. And sometimes times people drift apart and it's okay and give yourself that permission to say you know what this is no longer serving me i wish you well peace deuces you know correct i love that yeah we're going to take a quick break family more with larisa perret the final expense queen this episode of full circle is brought to you by her i love it i love (laughs) saying that i don't get to say that like that so um keep it right here family we'll be right back after this show your support for the show by liking and sharing our facebook page at full circle 97.5. We're back, family. Thank you so much for staying with this program. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I have or as I am. (laughs) My guest today is Larissa Perret, the final expense queen. She we are talking about just life, right? Talking about life, life, preparing for your mortality, but also in doing so living and honoring yourself yes. in in your life we're going over her top 10 list of things that she's learned in the industry also want to tell you really quickly if you want more information please make sure to reach out to larissa you can find her at the african marketplace on the first and third saturdays 
from 12 to 6. That is at 2251 Florin Road. So first Saturday in February, find her and look her up. But before then, you'll be able to reach out to her. She's going to give you her number in just a little bit. Going to number five on the list, it says Treasure the People. So this is kind of piggybacking to the one that we just did was getting comfortable burning bridges. And when we say burning bridges, I just want to clarify this for people. Burning bridges doesn't always mean in anger. Correct. I just wanted to, you know, as you were talking, I was like, I just want to make sure that people know that. Because when you say I burnt that bridge, a lot of times people's like, I burnt that bridge. Like it's <laughs> it's there's some passion, some anger behind it or whatever. But a lot of times it's just a freeing thing to burn the bridge of the, the relationship that no longer serves you. Yeah. And I think that's a great that's a great point you made, because I think that's one, one of the reasons why we've been told not to burn bridge, because mm-hmm. burn bridges, because. We're un- even uncomfortable being really ang- ang- being really angry or hurt. Sometimes it's easier to say we're angry than hurt, mm-hmm. right? So after we've done the work of healing, whatever that looks like for each of us, then burn those bridges. They don't deserve access to me anymore because this is a new person. But yeah, so this next one does piggyback. Um, treasure the people that deserve to be in your life. Yes. So once you burn those bridges, who, bridges, who's left? Right. Who's <laughs> left? We got the people who need to be here, who deserve right. to actually be here with us. Right. So honor those people with your love because they they are the people that really deserve it. The people that now that you've looked around, you've surveyed the land, so to speak, and say, okay, this is no longer working, but these people are. Yeah. These people are the ones that are there for me that my 3 a.m. friend, if my car breaks down, mm-hmm. that even if, you know, triple A is tripping, let me go ahead and call my friend because they'll be here to pick me up. Yeah. Those are the people that deserve to be in your life. And those are the people you make time to spend with, whether it's a phone call, a text message, a girlfriend weekend, someone that you, like you mentioned earlier, people from our childhood, whoever it is, those people that you want to be there, let them know that you want them in your life by treating them, by honoring that relationship. Yeah. That's who we fill our people with. That's who we fill our lives with. But I'm going to need you to clarify that second bullet under here says social media. Clarify that. So Yeah, social media. <laughs> <laughs> Even on social media, right? So following people that add value. Okay. Here's an example. Okay, so this is it. So I realized that when we had the great time out of 2020, that there were people that I had been following because I liked their music or I thought they dressed cute or Mm -hmm. they were smart or all these different things, particularly celebrity people. And during 2020, I realized that, no, these are not people that I want to follow anymore because I saw some of their behavior was problematic for me. Mm. Some of the things they said about women, some of the things they maybe said about poor people or disenfranchised people, I realized those aren't the people that I want to be around. So even when we're thinking about the people who deserve to be in our life, it's even those people, too, who we may not ever meet physically, but they influence us in some kind of way. Gotcha. So really clearing that up too. If they deserve to be in your life, people who you would, if you would share them in your stories and follow them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. that. Number four is a good one too. Learn to trust your gut, your instincts. That's yeah, a good one. That is a real good one. Yes. Because we have been sort of programmed to give our agency to anything outside of us, right? To mm-hmm. get advice from this person. Let me go get advice from 10 different people before I come to my conclusion instead of checking in with ourselves. Now, yes, there are people that you are going to get advice. Of, for example, I am not a realtor. So don't 
ask me for advice about real estate mm-hmm. because I'm going to steer you in the wrong direction because I don't know what I'm talking about, right? right? <laughs> so when you know you're going to be trusting your gut, that also means talk to the people that can help you. Talk to the people that are speci- who know what they're talking. When I sit down with people as an as an agent, as an insurance agent, I worked really hard to get my license. I worked really hard to keep my integrity so they don't ever take it away from me. Sometimes when I sit down with people, I have to remember I'm the only one at this table that has a license because people try to be telling me they they heard about this and all that that that's mm-hmm. not true that mm-hmm. is not how it works <laughs> like I'm the only one at the table with a license <laughs> and so I tell people talk to the people that are specific to the thing you want to know and then trust your gut when you make that decision we've been conditioned not to check in with ourselves we've been yeah. conditioned to to give our our control we've been positioned to position to give our power away to anything outside of us as opposed to claiming it for ourselves Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's really hard because there are so many things vying for our attention there are so many distractions around us so what i oftentimes will do is just take sit down take a deep breath and sit with something maybe take 10 deep breaths and then get to a place where i can just really start to feel see what's going on in my body because your body will let you know right maybe your heart's beating a little faster or maybe your palms are starting to sweat you're breathing a little bit heavy you're that's your gut that's your body telling you Mm -hmm. that's your body leading you in a direction and so it's important to listen to that don't ignore it i'm pretty sure there have been times in all of our lives when we know we should have gone left but we went right or we should have gone right and we went left because we didn't trust our gut and yeah. then we had to deal with those consequences. Yeah, yeah. That's that's so true. And when, you, when something doesn't feel right, it's more than just a notion. Usually yes. there's something not right. Correct. And you just have to tap into what that is. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I, I was just speaking of the library. I just borrowed this book from the library. Um, it's called How to Stay Human in an Effed Up World. Mm. And it's about mindfulness. And one of the things that the the author says, and I've started doing since I've uh, read this book, is that tapping into what's beneath the feeling or the reaction. So, you know, when we have a reaction to something, what's really at the root of it? Yes. And so I use this. I did a workshop on Wednesday about building your personal foundation. And this example, I use this example, um, was I had a friend that, you know, we used to text all the time and then just over the holidays it kind of slowed down and I'm in my feelings like oh yeah I ain't heard from her and well you know and I'm I'm like really in my feelings about it and I'm kind of starting to get an attitude and so I'm reading I'm listening to this book and then uh, you know he was talked about what's underneath all of that and so I started to because I've always testing out those things on myself like okay I need to drill down on this and it came down to something as simple as just I miss talking to my friend Mm. but here underneath that that was the root cause but I layered it with you know oh assumptions that weren't true oh she don't want to talk to me you know all of these things that we tell ourselves when at the root it was just I miss talking to my friend and I just want to just and so then I just reached out and she was like hey I'm so glad you reached out because this life has been happening for me and then then it was like Wanda it wasn't even about you yeah but we do that a lot and so So I'm piggybacking onto trusting your gut and your instincts and being able to trust you know if I really listened to my gut, mm. there was like something's not right, mm-hmm. but it was it didn't have anything to do with me. It's so true because yeah. we we will build a case yeah. against someone in our mm-hmm. head, right? Mm-hmm. We start to create these 
scenarios that haven't even happened. Yeah. And so there, that's where the a lot of the suffering takes place. Mm-hmm. We're creating like, oh, she just doesn't have time. I see mm-hmm. her posting on social media vacations and hashtag girls weekend right. or whatever, but she can't call me back. Right. Or what's right. going on? Right. We create a story around it, not knowing that people are experiencing their own reality. Yeah. The same time that we are. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So your gut tapping in. Being mindful about your thoughts, all of those things kind of tie to me into that one. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Number three, allow yourself to grieve. Oh, this is so good. Oh, man, you just all up in my business today, (laughs) Miss Larissa. Allow yourself to grieve the losses that really matter to you. This one, that, that hit home for me over the past probably six months. I had some significant losses I had losses of people but losses of um, normalcy and losses of the security that I thought I had shifted and there was a point where I had to grieve that things were no longer the way that they used to be and that really was I mean, I really had to go through a grieving process for that, that this was this relationship was not, is not going to be the same anymore. And I had to let it go. But I mm. also had to allow myself to grieve the fact that those people, that person would no longer be in my life. Mm. And so allowing myself to grieve the losses that matter. And it's not just relationship. It could be your job. I mean, we're all in the middle of a lot of different things. Uh, Employers are closing down. Mm. Things are happening. And there is a grief that goes with the loss of things that I think sometimes we don't really tap into like we should. Yes. One that all what you said, I celebrate you for that, for even being able to be self-aware enough to be able to see that Mm -hmm. because all of that happens, even just the lifespan. Maybe you can't move around. You don't have the agility that you once have or going to the doctor and hearing now that maybe you're pre-diabetic or you're diabetic. There's a loss in all of that. And we're so used to just moving from one thing to the next that we don't even give our chance ourselves a chance to really feel mm-hmm. how has this impacted us, right? And you were talking about how, you know, grieving the people who are no longer going to be in our life, relationships, jobs. And I oftentimes, I oftentimes say that that's when the suffering really happens because we do know that people are in our lives for a reason, a season, or forever. And the suffering happens when we confuse mm-hmm. where this person's place mm, is in our life. Good. We think they're going to be there forever, but they were only meant to be there for a season or a particular reason. Mm-hmm. But we want them there forever for whatever reason. Maybe they make us yeah. feel a certain way or we think they're amazing or whatever. But that's when we put the suffering on ourselves. We're trying to make them be that forever person. That's good. And they're not meant to be the forever person. Or we're trying to make them be this idea that we want of them. Mm. And that's not who they're meant to be in our life. Mm-hmm. And that's when the suffering comes. So learning to even grieve our expectations. Mm. You know, sometimes I sit with people and they'll say, I wish I were here or I thought I would be here. And it's okay to grieve those things so you can get it out your system for what it's worth so that you can really start to embrace life again the way that you were really designed to live life to the fullest. What if our only what if our only sole purpose in life was to be happy, mm. right? So grieving those things makes more space for happiness. It makes more space for joy. It makes more space to enjoy the beauty in life. We can't bypass it 
by saying, oh, that doesn't mean anything. Because we are we, we do a lot of things to bypass. Mm-hmm. I know I use food to bypass mm-hmm. it. Sometimes people use religion. Sometimes people use work or running around doing this, doing that and the mm-hmm. other. But what if we just gave ourselves accepted the invitation from life to really sit with it, mm. to sit with it and process, to let it go. I love that you use that phrase, yeah. to let it go, to feel it, feel it, don't be afraid of it, and then let it go. Yeah. And now we just cleared up some space for more love and more life. Yeah, because that regret and that guilt, that gets trapped in your body. It does. And you've heard, family, you've heard me mention on the show many times the book, The Body Keeps the Score. Mm. And man, oh man, that stuff really does stay trapped in us. So freeing ourselves from that thing will just make us lighter. Yes. It will give us a freedom in our bodies. That I love that book. Yeah. The body keeps the score, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I love that book. And that, there's so much wisdom in that yeah. because we can hear. This is how I test for myself when I've let go of something, particularly grief mm-hmm. or some type of traumatic thing that's happened, whether it's recently or childhood. Is that when you touch it, does it still hurt? Mm. Does it still hurt when someone brings up that subject? Oh wow! Does it still hurt when I watch a movie or I read a book or I hear someone going through a similar experience? Does it still hurt when it's touched? If I can touch it and it doesn't hurt anymore, I know I've let it go. I know I'll let it go. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Number two, I love this one. Laugh really hard. Laugh really hard. Laugh really hard. Oh my gosh. My best friend sent me this thing from TikTok and it was Lou Rawls singing on TV and he started choking. And for some reason, I (laughs) just thinking about it, I'm just about to bust up. And I'm not laughing at Lou choking. Right. But it was just the way he was all trying to be smooth and debonair and then he's singing the song and then all of a sudden he's like (laughs) 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 and it is so funny and so I find myself even now when I need just some upliftment I'll go look at that and laugh but you know finding something to laugh at is man it does so much for you the endorphins release in your body and just that feeling of just Letting go of the stress for a minute and just having a moment to laugh. Yes. yes. You know, when my brother passed away, when he died, see, look at me. I'm really yeah. practicing using the word death because uh-huh. I want to glamorize it, too, because right. it's hard. Right. When my brother died, one of my girlfriends at the time I was working at, I was working at a university and she knew how much I loved the movie The Hangover. Mm-hmm. And so she would randomly call me and just say a line and hang up. <laughs> <laughs> or she would text me and it, and it would hang up. Uh, and I needed that. I needed that laughter. I needed to remember that life still exists. Mm-hmm. That even though this thing was so hard, Miss Wanda, when people, we've all probably lost someone that we love. Mm-hmm. And when we lose someone, whatever it's a suicide, heart attack, cancer, it's really hard to, to, to even imagine our new life without that person. Yeah. So taking some time to laugh really helps. Mm-hmm. It helps with the grieving process, of course, but even just surrounding yourself, we would go to comedy shows. We were really intentional mm-hmm. about laughing because I didn't want to laugh. I just wanted to be sad. It hurt yeah. to breathe. I'm mm-hmm. like, it hurts to breathe. I don't want to laugh. I just want to be sad. Mm-hmm. No, there's time for that, for sure. There's time to be sad. There's time to feel all those things, to grieve and to let go. But Let's live while we're here. So that laughter really helps. Even if you're just stuck in your room and you're watching, you know, you're vegging out on something, your favorite sitcom, mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Even this weekend, 
laugh. You've been going through some stressful situations at work. Maybe your child is getting on your nerve. Mm-hmm. You know, your boo is tripping, whatever. Mm-hmm. Spend some time laughing. Spend some time doing something that's just for you. Make fun of yourself. I have a, I have a lot of stuff to laugh about for myself, girl. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you had a camera to follow me, you'd be like, what is this girl doing? I laugh at myself all the time. I'm in my car driving. I'm cracking up. One time my daughter walked down the stairs. <clears throat> She goes, Mom, are you on a Zoom call? I was like, no. She's like, how? I said, how come? She said, because you are cracking up. <laughs> she, I, she said, where are you laughing at? I said, I'm laughing at myself because I've been trying to pour this water in this bottle, and I kept missing it, and it just was funny <laughs> to me. I'm like, just laugh at it, right? Just laugh. Just right. laugh at yourself. And yeah. so laugh at others, because if you can't laugh at others, what good is life? But, right? you know, but just laugh. Right? Have, enjoy. I love that. Enjoy life. I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, which will segue into you uh, letting the folks watch exactly what you do um, and how they can work with you is embrace your mortality with proper planning. Yes. Embracing your mortality. We are not going to be here forever. I mean, whatever your faith-based tradition happens to be, this is not an attack on that because Mm -hmm. I honor all faith-based traditions. But what we do know is that on this planet, walking around, we can be here today and gone tomorrow. It takes a lot of faith, a lot of hope, a lot of just, I don't know, promise for us even to make plans for tomorrow, mm-hmm. knowing that tomorrow isn't promised. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of hope and a lot of faith to make plans for, for my 50th birthday, to make plans for a dinner party that you may be going th- going to, or a hair appointment you have next week, or a doctor's appointment you have on Tuesday, because we know that tomorrow isn't promised. And because we know that tomorrow isn't promised, it's so important for us to come face to face with our mortality and to be real clear minded about it so that we can do the proper planning for our family that won't that will still be living once we are no longer here to have some things in place so that we can honor our life by honoring the lives of the people that we leave behind. Mm -hmm. That trajectory of someone's life can drastically change if there is no plan. So I always want to encourage people to make sure that you know, don't don't play around. People say to me on a regular basis, and I am well aware that what I do, I, as I said earlier, is not sexy, it's not fun, it's not the popping conversation at a dinner party. It is not. I'm, I'm clear about that. But it doesn't mean that we sh- don't need to talk about it. Yeah. And so what I tell people is to pull out all the things that are important to you, put it on a paper, write it down, take all you need is really 10 minutes to put some things that are important and go ahead and get started and let your family know. Don't sugarcoat it. You know, it's easy to sugarcoat, you know, oh, I'm healthy or I'm good. I don't have to worry about that. You know, I'm, I plan on living till I'm 110. I hear that a lot from people. Mm-hmm. I plan on living forever. Okay, that's your plan. But I personally, like I said before, I don't know anyone around here walking around 200 years old. I just don't. I have never met that person. That person has cracked the code. When we look at the statistics that however many billions on the planet, how many billions? Is it three point something billion or seven point billion? I, like, I feel like I always know this. And now that I need it, I can't remember mm-hmm. it. <laughs> and, but how many people have lived before us? They're not here. So the odds of us being the special one. And living forever on this planet are not in our favor. They're not in our favor. So be clear, be responsible, make the plan. We have car insurance. We have insurance for our phones. We have insurance for all the things that we use and we get to, 
we have health insurance, all those things that we have, let's insure our life so that our family is not having to start over, so they're not suffering, so they're not having to do all the things that they feel, and, and so they're not taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. So they're not, take, one of my friends told me that when her dad passed away, this was before I was in the industry, that when her dad passed away, they're out in Vallejo, that when their, her dad passed away, her mom went to the funeral home and this person was trying to get her to get a package. And number one, you shouldn't buy a package. That's always the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. You're always going to be overcharged. But this person was trying to get her to get a package for $35,000 to bury her dad and do all the things because they're going to upsell you on the casket Mm -hmm. and all these different things. And she went in there because she had taken a a course before and was able to get that down 50%. Mm. And because her dad didn't have a plan, they didn't have a plan and yeah. he didn't have insurance. It's just she had to pull money on her 401k. Mm. It created this whole that's money she meant for retirement. Yeah. Most people don't have that kind of money sitting around. And if you do, you have it for a trip. You have it for your child's education. You have it for your retirement. You have it something you have it planned for, for something, something else. else not to cover someone's funeral and you shouldn't have it to cover someone's funeral. Yeah. So planning, getting in touch with your mortality, you're not going to live forever. What memories do you want to share with your family right now? Create those. Do the planning and then create those memories because you won't be here forever. Yeah. And I like that, too. What You talked about having insurance on your phone and all of these different things. And I like that um, with your um, your company is that the premiums are very affordable. Yeah. Like, you know, people who think they can't. Yes. Either because of finances or because of health. Mm hmm. They, your company is accommodating to them. Accommodating to them. And that was very important to me, Wanda. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying before, I was a broker and I did have the policies where people were paying a couple of hundred dollars a month. And it was good, of course, because it helped their family. But it, but it wasn't serving the people that I knew were suffering. The people that I saw on my way to the freeway who were having signs and bake sales and the people that I saw online. And these are in here. And this is the thing I want to say. It's so important not to let this rip your humanity mm-hmm. because n- most people we live in America most <laughs> live in America most people do not have that kind of money or, or access to that kind of money sitting around so you shouldn't feel shamed that you do that you do not but what happens is when someone does die and they don't have a plan in, in place the shame ensues mm-hmm. because now they're like I, I have to tell people that I don't have money and I have to do a car wash and a GoFundMe. These are people who are taking care of their families, who are going to work every day, who are taking care of their grandbabies, taking care of their children, taking care of they're in the sandwich, sandwich generation, taking care of their mom and dad. They're doing all the things. They're doing everything right. But the one thing they didn't do was get a plan. And so now they're having to figure out how they're going to take care of this now. So don't be shamed by the fact that perhaps you don't have a plan in place or maybe you had to do a car wash or bake sale for or whatever, whatever creative way you had to come up with in the past. Now is your opportunity to do something different. Yeah. Now is your opportunity to get a plan, get a policy, get something in place so that your family is not in that vulnerable situation. 
I can hear someone saying, well, you know, I have type 2 diabetes or I have XYZ, and your company is also accommodating of, of that as well. Absolutely. Diabetes, high blood pressure, COPD. A lot of people are usually really excited to talk to me because they've been turned down by so many places. I understand that because that happened to my parents. That happened to my, my dad. My parents they got their first policy in their 70s mm. and they have been turned down by so many people so many companies because of their health and so yes we were able I was able to get them a, a plan that worked for them and I look at it that way I one of the things that was really important to me I said what can I get that would be good for my parents? If it's going to be good for my parents, because, of course, they're my parents. Yeah. I love my parents. Right. Then it's going to be good for everybody else, too. Yeah. And so that that was a part of my search. That was a part of me narrowing down what company I was going to work with, how it had to come in alignment with my value system, compassion, truth, love, and courage. If it didn't come in alignment with that value system, then I wasn't going to do it because I have to be able to look your son, Wanda, in the face when he calls me. And I have to be able to deliver the way I said I would when I sat down with you. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted a company that would do that. I write for the num- the company that underwrites my policies. Are the, it's the number one final expense company in the nation. We write more business than any other company because it's all we do. And we do what we say we're going to do when we say we're going to do it. And that's important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Tell the people where they can find you. You can find me on all the social medias, Larissa Perret, the final expense queen. And definitely give me a call. 916-670-4496. Again, 916-670-4496. Follow me on Instagram, Larissa Perret, and you can also DM me. I will get back to you. I'm working on my new website. I'm so excited. It's going to launch in March, and then you'll be able to get information from there. But for now, you can find me there. And like Wanda said earlier, I'm at the African African Marketplace every first and third Saturday of the month. That's been amazing for me. I met some amazing people there, clients and other entrepreneurs and vendors. So there's a lot of good. You can come and spend the whole afternoon and make sure you come see me. When you come see me, tell me you saw me or you heard me on Miss Wanda and I have a special gift for you. I have a a funeral planning guide for you. But uh, make sure you mention that you heard me on Miss Wanda. Again, 916-670-670. Four four nine six, And I just want to thank all of the listeners that have already contacted Larissa yes. and told her that they heard it on Full Circle because your her sponsorship means that you can get the word out. And the only way we know that the sponsorships work is if people say, I heard it on Full Circle. Right. So that thank you to those that have already contacted Larissa, whether it was in person or on the phone to just let them know. And thank you for your support and supporting the show. Yes, man. This has been a wonderful conversation. I'm so glad. I'm always happy to talk to you, Larissa. Same same here. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's always a wonderful time. Family, again, you can find Larissa at the African Marketplace every first and third Saturday. That's at 2251 Florin Road here in Sacramento. If you need to give her a call, do so at 916-670-4496. That's 916-670-4496. Or you can follow her on social media at Larissa Perret. And I'm going to post all of this on the Full Circle Uh, Facebook and Instagram pages so you can have the information right at your fingertips. But family, 
have the hard conversations, it'll be so worth it in the end. And mm-hmm. I love Larissa's viewpoint on that is have the conversation, make the plan for your final expense, and then get to living. You yes. don't have to be sad. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm going to die now. We are going to die. But yes. what are we doing in the meantime? Correct. How are you know, like a lot of people say, you've heard this before, you may have heard this. What are you doing in the dash? Right. Mm. The date between the date you're born and the date that you're no longer here. What are you doing in the dash plan for that for your family's legacy in this area and then move forward? And again, it it can just be a simple plan to to carry out your final wishes. That way, your family doesn't have to struggle and try and come up with the money again. You know, a lot of us don't have access to that right at our fingertips and may have to tap into other means car washes, GoFundMes, things like that. Why not prepare your family for that now? Mm This has been a wonderful conversation, family. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm back now. Like It's been a slow transition to get from the new year to now. Um, it's just been like a lot of things heavy on my mind and just going through a lot. But I'm slowly getting back. So make sure you share it with your friends and family. Make sure you reach out to Larissa to get more information. And make sure you continue to support Full Circle. Yes. That's how we're doing it, family. Show love to everyone you meet. I'll see you next week. Peace. This has been Full Circle. Follow our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5.